You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, welcome back. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast for another week with another great podcast guest. I know I say that every week, but listen to this. I'm going to share a quote with you from today's guest. Success will come. Don't give up and work toward it a little each day. Yep, that's a quote from Jesse Park, today's guest. And I want to thank you for joining us, Jesse. But before we dive into our conversation, I want to tell our listening audience just a little bit about you. So Jesse Park is a driven serial entrepreneur. We're going to talk today. She just launched a business last week and is launching another this week, next week. Depending on when you're listening to this, they're both launched. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but anyway, she earned her bachelor's degree in communication and business from the University of Central Florida in Orlando, and she's the owner of Inspired Insurance Solutions, which is an A-plus Better Business Bureau operated nationwide brokerage. Think about that when it comes to insurance. That's a big whoop to have that level of confidence in the industry. Um, and she in, she assists her clients in navigating, you know, that really that complex mix of life, health, Medicare, annuities. I know for me, my insurance agent is like my um, hairdresser. I mm-hmm. love her so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she can navigate that. And what's more important than that, though, is Jesse's story really comes from her own learning along the way. So anyway, one of her ventures, which we're going to talk about, is her upcoming luxury fragrance line and her leather goods line. Um, but it, this whole entrepreneurship journey has really been something that you've been enthusiastic about for a long time, right, Jesse? Yeah, I, uh, I've had the entrepreneur spirit since as far back as I can remember. I remember being 11 years old and door knocking and selling out of this um, book that sold like stationery and gift wrap and things like that. And for each item I sold, I made $2. And I ended up buying my own boom box. Maybe this is telling you what era I grew up in, but I had my own boom box. I got a cordless phone. Um, I earned like some video games. So I, that feeling of just like really pulling something and doing something for yourself. I felt at a young age and it was amazing. It's a powerful feeling when you know that Mm -hmm. you can actually put your mind to something and achieve it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that wasn't necessarily true for you all the way through your journey. Right. No, it wasn't. I, uh, you know, um, it's hard to be an entrepreneur because you got to have money to pay the bills along the way. And, um, I got married really young. I got married at the age of 18 and I had two children by the time I was 22. And at that point in time, that marriage fell apart. So I raised a little, uh, toddler and an infant from the age I was 22 and on. And so you can't really be out there being an entrepreneur and not having steady income when you have two children to raise. So I um, put myself through college. I had that racked up a lot of debt, a lot of student loan debt. I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with that. And uh, I joined the corporate 
world. I, you know, my entrepreneur spirit was a little crushed because, um, I couldn't, you know, I needed money to live on and, and I also needed time to go to school and raise my kids. And so for many years, I didn't do anything. I had a, um, I made like homemade soaps for a while and I sold my soaps to my classmates at my night school. (laughs) Um, but that, you know, obviously is not paying the bills. That's like pocket change. And, um, I, once I graduated college, I got back in corporate and ironically enough, I ended up getting the same exact job I had before I finished college, which was like a, uh, what was that? Like a a slap in the face, you know, to go through all of that and get a college degree and then just get offered the same exact job, which was executive assistant. And so, um, as frustrating as that is, I just kept working. I started, um, artwork. So I started painting and selling my paintings. And then that was probably the first time I ventured out since I had kids to be an entrepreneur by myself. And so I did that for about a year and a half, but being a working artist is very difficult. Um, it's just, it's very difficult to live off of. And so, um, I, I got another corporate job and this was around 2013. I got a corporate job as a director of marketing for this company, which is what I've always done is marketing. And I worked there for a couple of years and all of a sudden in August of 2016, they let me go with no notice nothing. Right. And I'd been there for several years and I sold my artwork on the side. I had, I was happy. I comfort, I I was, you know, in my comfort zone. And so when they let me go, it really, um, knocked me back. You know, I was devastated and I still have these two children who were at the time were, Oh gosh, how old were they? Um, 15 and 13. And, um, I went on food stamps and unemployment, which was, it's degrading, you know, and it, and it feels like you're a failure once again. And so I, um, looked for jobs, looked for jobs, looked for jobs, couldn't find anything. And I reluctantly took a position doing insurance sales and, um, man, I hated it. (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I hated it. Um, but what I discovered in the insurance sales world is that being commission only is not as scary as it sounds. And I was able to, by my fourth month, make more than what I was making at that corporate job that let me go. And, um, within eight months, and by the way, I had no experience. I joined, you know, just really out of desperation, (laughs) uh, by eight months, I had written a million in business. And then I started recruiting and telling my friends about it. And then pretty soon my agency grew. Um, By my second year in the business, I paid off all my credit card debt. My third year in the business, I paid off my student loans in full and bought my first home. And then um, three and a half years in business, I bought a corporate building and it's just really changed my life. And so that that's really what I do now is um, my agency is nationwide. I have more than 200 agents. And, um, you know, it started with just me. And it started with just me having a desire to make a better life for me and my kids. I was going to ask you that question. I was thinking about your kids. So now that's beyond that, they're in their 20s. My son is about to be 22 and my daughter is 19. Okay. So they're they're getting out of their Mm -hmm. teens, early Mm -hmm. twenties. So what, what difference or 
or what, what have your kids reflected to you about this journey you've been on? Because they've been alongside you on that journey. Yeah, they have, you know, and when they were little, I don't know if they re- really realized the struggle that it was. Um, you know, when you're little, you just kind of like accept that that's your life. But, and they may have not realized how hard I was working, working full time, going to school full time, raising them. You know, they may have not actually realized that. But my daughter did pull me aside. And this was like last year sometime. And she just she wanted to tell me just how proud she was of me and that she realized how hard I had to work to get where I'm at to provide an opportunity for them to she works for me now and so she's she has um, a very well-paying position at the age of 19 and um, she makes more than what I made um, while I was going to college and raising them And so, um, you know, she's just, she pulled me aside and she said she was very, very grateful and that she realizes how hard I worked. Yeah. I just think it shifts. And I will say that as a kid who grew up where our family lived on the edge, right. Mm -hmm. You, you're right. You don't know because that's what you know. And, um, but I did know when I got to be about 12 or 13, you know, you start to appreciate that, um, and I remember that also looking back, mm-hmm. thinking, wow, my parents, you know, that I had no idea the stress level because I wasn't an adult, but you just know, OK, yeah. this month's tight, whatever. But then mm-hmm. you're like your daughter. You can go, whoa, I know what it took for my mom yeah. to create this. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. impressed. So I just think I just was thinking about that because your kids were along for the ride and they were watching you be a great mom. Yeah. Yeah, they are there and they both grew up really great. You know, um, I always kind of just reflect back on that. And I know that children are are a product of um, nature, you know, nurturing in their environment and things like that. But, um, you know, you could raise five kids the exact same way and one will, you know, go off and do great things. um, And then one will end up on the, the other side and, you know, make poor choices and maybe have addiction issues and things like that. So I'm just very blessed. Knock on wood, both of my children are extremely smart and um, good, good people. They turned out to be like really good people. And um, I have a great relationship with them. I can talk with them. We gossip together, you know, <laughs> and um, it's uh, there. I have them so young. They're kind of like my, my friends, you know, my best friends. So, well, that's great. I just, I got that feeling from you. Like there was, it was good. You know, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. um, but I want to think that you made some major mind shifts along the way, right? Just you lost a job. How devastating. But you had this Jesse that lost that job is not the Mm -hmm. Jesse I'm talking to today. No, not at all. It's uh, there's been a lot of change in the last six years, for sure. Um, The Jesse that lost the job was dependent, scared, um, weak. And, um, not very, not very strong in, I guess, resolution and, and, um, work ethic, right. I had the work to go to the job and clock in and clock out, but that's not the same when you're an entrepreneur. It's just not. And so I remember I told you it took me a couple months to get going in the insurance industry. It's because the first four to five months I was horrible. (laughs) I was horrible. I, I, you know, I had, um, 
unemployment checks coming in and granted that's only a thousand a month, um, two fifty a week, but it's still, um, something. Right. And so I was like, Oh, you know, I'll start dialing after I watch prices. Right. Oh, wait, but let's make a deal is on. And I love that game show too. Let's watch that one too. And before you know it, the whole day slipped away and I've made excuse after excuse after excuse as to why I couldn't start working. And so really I had to have a heart to heart with myself and, and, you know, if I worked for someone else for so many years and I had to ask permission to take off early or um, go, uh, you know, take off for a vacation, right? I figured if I put that mindset to myself as an entrepreneur, I would do the exact same thing. So if I had to take off in the middle of the day to go pick up my kids from school and feed them and do whatever, I would make up for that at night and I would dial at night after they went to bed. So, um, it took a lot. Uh, the other thing too, was doubt. I feel like a lot of people, so many people, even like today, um, I got a, uh, we do recruiting. And so we had someone say, you know, is this commission only? I don't want to do commission only. And I feel like that just comes from a place of like fear of like, not thinking you're going to be good enough and make enough money. And I was there too. I had that exact same bias against commission only. A matter of fact, whenever I did my first interview for the first insurance position, when they said commission only, I almost walked out because I felt with a college degree and with my work experience, I was worth a certain salary per year, um, you know, with benefits and all this stuff. But you got to kind of get rid of that. That's the corporate brainwashing mentality that that they, they set for you. You know, if you make 80 K a year, you're, you're so good, you're worth this. And, and really it's just, it's, um, it's the opposite, right? I'm worth my, my output is worth my input. And the more I work, the more I get paid, the less I work, the less I get paid. And so it's still true today. You know, I, um, I'm available for my agents almost 24 seven. Um, there's not one day that goes by that they can't get a hold of me, or at least I don't call back. Um, for the agents that are putting in the work, I'm there, like I'm there to help train them and teach them. And, and it's just a completely different, it's not a nine to five. I talk to agents now 10, 11 o'clock at night. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a different mindset altogether. <laughs> it is. Discipline and, and work ethic and time blocking and all of those things are very important. I'm imagining that as you consider what you add to your life, it somehow is aligning around what matters to you and your family, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you always just time block around what you have to do. I tell people this all the time. If you have to pick up your kids or take your dog for a walk or um, whatever, time block that because you still have to live your life. Go to the gym, whatever, time block that. But But get back to work. <laughs> you can't just take the day off all the time. Like it just, and the people that actually, you know, leaderboards, right? So um, the people that actually do have that lifestyle where they just kind of dilly dally and do whatever, it shows. It shows. And the people that put in the work and are consistently striving, striving to do better every year, it shows there as well. Yep. Well, it makes it more enjoyable when you know you're growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Personally speaking. Yeah. Because the status quo is when you said clocking in and clocking out, that's just status quo. And you can do that even when you're your own employee. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, huh, I'm just showing up. Mm -hmm. So Jesse, um, let's shift gears just a little bit. I know people know you from your book. So mm -hmm. 
first of all, just say a little bit about your book. And then I want to talk about what's popping up new for you. Also. Oh, yay. Okay. So my book is called Soul Beneficiary. It's S-O-U-L, Soul Beneficiary, The Good, Better, Best Guide to Success in Selling Insurance. It's available for purchase on Amazon, Target.com, Books a Million, but just go to Amazon. You get free shipping. And um, it's really about my journey. It's about my journey as as a person in this world that didn't really start with anything. Um, you know, I, I grew up, um, with parents who loved me very, very much, but they also struggled in the world as well. And so it's a journey of my life growing up to where I am today. And, um, you know, my agency wrote almost 60 million last year and six years ago, I would have never fathomed this. I would have never thought I was even capable of doing anything like this. And so it just really maps out my life from the age of a child all the way up into running a multi-million dollar insurance agency and teaches readers how to do the exact same thing. It goes over work ethic and, and what you have to do to build your book of clients. And then once you have your book of clients, it teaches you how to recruit and build an agency. And so it's for people in the insurance industry that really want to make a name for themselves. So would those lessons apply to other other industries that are maybe structured similarly, or is it solely useful if I'm an insurance agent? Because some of what you talk about, I think, is like sound business practice as well. It is. The workbook that actually goes with it is for, it's just mindset. That's the mindset shift for entrepreneurs. So that's the accompanying workbook. The book itself, I mean, if you replace the word agent with real estate, it could be applicable to them too. I mean, it is just sound business practices, um, but it does talk about, it's anything in sales where you have to build your own book of clientele and teaches you how to do that from scratch. Okay. That makes sense. That's great. So um, because when I read about you and learn about you, I'm thinking that even though it's you're talking about insurance, you're actually talking about more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Okay. it is. The insurance industry was my vehicle to finally say, like, look, I did it. I find like the entrepreneur spirit in me that had been there the whole time finally was able to make something. And I and I think that's why I did so well is because I really wanted, you know, my whole, since I was 11 years old, I was trying this or that or, or soaps or painting. And I did candles. And I wanted, at one point in time, I was chocolate dipping pretzels to raise money for um, my daughter wanted to go to, um, she had a big field trip and I couldn't afford it. So I sold pretzels <laughs> and, uh, you know, I finally was able to use my skills that I had learned, you know, so many years along the way to build something that is phenomenal and high income producing and not only for myself, but also opportunity for my children to work with me and then everyone else that works at the agency. Yeah, that's quite a legacy. Thank you. From chocolate dipping pretzels to that. But, but you know, I'm, I'm not laughing at that because one thing that tells me is you have spunk. It's like, yeah. okay, you're not taking the answer. No, no, it might just be not, not yet, not today, but by tomorrow yeah. we'll have it figured out. You know, it's yeah, like, there, there was no, no, there was like, okay, what can I do to make that happen? So it's possible. I always, here. I always found a way. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's wasted. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about your new ventures. So okay. let's start with your, yeah, let's talk. Which one do you want to start with first? Um, let's go with the bags first. Okay, let's do it. 
All right. So the bags. Uh, so the way that came about is last. Well, I keep saying last year, but it was this Boy, year. What's the name of the business? So because I know people are going to listen. We'll have them in the show notes. So I want people to know sure. what are you calling it? Executlux. Okay. Executlux. Luxury. Yeah. Executlux. So I was on tour earlier this year for my book and I toured nine cities in eight months with a group called the 8% Nation and Wealth Conference. And during my travels, I noticed that women did not have an option for um, kind of like a bag that was big enough for a laptop and files like a briefcase, but that rolled, but that converted into a purse. Right. And so there was just nothing out there. So I invented it. There isn't. I've been looking. So it's patent pending. Um, It is the end. The thing is, is that women had briefcases that were, but they were so ugly and they looked like luggage. And I wanted something that screamed like, like luxury woman, you know, she has her stuff together. And so I created these um, bags that are just not oh god they're so sexy and they come with matching accessories so if you are you don't have to be traveling on an airplane you can just be commuting from your home to the office and so if it's your laptop that has a matching lunch tote has a matching purse has a matching um uh file folder wallet passport holder so like you can have the whole matching set and be super stylish whether you're flying you know to washington or if you are just commuting from your home to your office well that is exciting so when is all of that available sure so the website will be up and live with all products uh around the middle of december there's been a delay. I have the website up now and it is available for pre-order, um, but there is a delay with, um, it's just making a project like this come to life is a lot more difficult than, in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, let me, let me invent a bag. Yeah. And then <laughs> logistics of it wise, it's a lot more difficult than, um, than it sounds. So from the uh, conceptual, the idea was conceptualized in October of 21, and I will be launching fully in December of 22. That's not bad for a year to do that from concept to production and out the door. Cause yeah. you know, you have to source it, find all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so what is the website? For those sure. of us who may be wanting to shop later this weekend. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it is execulux.com and I'll spell it. It's E-X-E-C-U-L-U-X-E.com. Love it. Okay. And are the materials, do you use a variety of materials or is there a standard kind of um, sure. material you use? Sure. So um, I'm a big animal lover. I love animals. I have two dogs and one cat and a pup. I have a puppy right here next to me. And one of the things and one of the core values of my company and everything I do is I'm not going to test on animals and I'm not going to use animals for um, production. It's just it goes against my ethics. So everything is vegan leather. Um, but the vegan leather comes in um, all kinds of colors and patterns and varieties. And um, it's the top tier vegan leather. It's the most expensive, um, highest quality vegan leather you can get. That's so inspiring. Thank you. So inspiring. Okay. So from the very cool bag, which yeah. is such, when you think about that, when you said, yeah, it's a line of bags and then you describe it, I'm going, 
It's way more than a line of bags. Oh, yeah. It's actually yeah. a whole. Look at my shirt. My friend got me this shirt. It says the back lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh. she, I got it in the mail yesterday from her. Oh, what a yeah. sweet gift. Yeah, thank you. Friend. She's, she's Yeah, she's great. Okay, so now tell us about your um, perfume. My line, perfume your, line. Okay, yeah. so this one has a much more personal story. Um my sister, who I grew up with, like my my biological sister, she passed away from cancer in January of 21. And she fought really long and hard. She was diagnosed in August of 2019. And so it didn't even take long at all. Um, and it was probably the most horrific, traumatic thing I've ever had to go through and go and go see. And it took me a lot of therapy to even be able to talk about it. Um, and during one of our last conversations, she had, uh, at the time, the children, Evan and Alicia were eight and 10, and she was just so worried about them. Like who's going to take care of them. And she, you know, had me promise that I'm going to help with school clothes and, you know, make sure the kids are taken care of as best as I can. I live in Florida and they live in Illinois. So as best as I can. And I thought to myself, well, what's better than school clothes than, when you turn 18, having a company that you can just run and be a part of. So I really wanted to do something in honor of that. Um, so I came up with Elysian, which is the combination of my niece and nephew's name together. And it is a perfume line um, because her and I, my sister and I loved perfume. That's one of our last memories together is um, she got a present for her birthday and she, uh, it was perfume and she was like, Oh God, I love perfume. I love Jasmine. And it was just one of those things that really called to me to do something to, um, honor her wishes to be able to take care of her kids. And so Alicion is in full production. We have 15 cents and uh, Evan and Alicia, they know about it. Uh, they come to visit me every summer. So last, uh, this last summer, they, Evan created a jingle for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, um, they're excited, you know, they're 11 and nine right now. So they have many, many years to come, but I'm already, I talk to them very often and I, I tell them about the perfume. They know they have to get good grades if they're going to be in a management role at a company, you know, when they turn 18. So that's my gift to my sister. Um, I really hope that it's a powerful business that does well and stays in production for many years to come. So they have a place to call home. So Jesse, are you designing the scents or you, did you find a scent, what a scentologist? I don't know what you'd call that person, but yeah. I always imagine that like when I have my perfumes, I'm thinking who comes up with these? Cause there's some blends that are just irresistible. Yeah. And so, so it's in a, it's a perfumer. It's a aromacologist that I work with. And, um, I found them on Google. Honestly, I just, I did my research and I, I Googled, um, perfumeology, uh, aromacologist. And I found two that I work with right now. I'm actually interviewing for a third one, but the scents are, I have four house originals at the moment, which are, these are ones that I created. And the scent process is basically you tell them what you're looking for. They send you little samples. You spray them on your skin, you test them out, and then you give them feedback. You're like, I want more vanilla or less coconut, or I want it to be stronger, add some peach, whatever. And they come back and they, and you do it. So, um, my first scent, it took me 26 testers to finally find the one. Um, but that one is called Charmante and it is just absolutely beautiful. I love it so much. It's, um, 
it's a it's just decadent. It's very decadent. And then, um, okay. Describe it though. Cause people who are into like what you're doing, like my sister would say, okay, so what are the top notes of it? And what is this? And I'm thinking, what does any of that mean? But yeah, so it is, I will actually, I'll read you the description. Let me find it. Bear with us listeners. You can maybe tell that I'm doing some early Christmas shopping. <laughs> I, okay. am, I am actually just checking this. I am. I'm nosy because I'm thinking, well, this is so yeah. cool. So Charmante is an enduringly seductive scent because of the way it fuses fiery sexuality with a light, playful allure. Fresh, dewy pear blossom tops off this delicious floral fragrance, which is rounded out by fragrant jasmine, which was my sister's favorite, and sparkling pink champagne. The flower bouquet is given greater depth and resonance by the inclusion of creamy amber, black vanilla, blonde woods, and patchouli, while timelessly exotic florals broaden the fragrance's heart. That's beautiful. That's that's a very poetic description. But the thing that you got me, I'm thinking, okay, you hit some of the upper things, but you mm-hmm. grounded it with the patchouli. Yeah, it's, I'm it's thinking, whoa, it's nice. so good. So yeah, I created four fragrances. They're named um, House of Elysian, Jaloux, which means jealous in French, Charmante, and then Sonder. And then the rest of them are luxury inspired. Do you know what that means? I'm Look, guessing that they're similar to other brands that are super popular. Yeah, exactly. So I I dupe a lot of um, the super expensive, like Baccarat Rouge is one of my favorites. And it's like $450 a bottle. And I have the, you know, a luxury inspired fragrance smells just like it for $49. So what I'm um, talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of the really um, popular houses like Tom Ford, Killian, Byredo, um, Chanel, Yves Saint Laurent, like a lot of the popular ho- fragrance houses are my dupes. Nice. You've named some of mine. So <laughs> now when I'm asked, what do you want for the holidays? I'll have a list. Well, could you yeah. go to this website and specifically this thing would be of interest to me. <laughs> No, I'm I I love how adventurous and wide ranging you are, Jesse. I mean, your artist and creative spirit is there as well as like your business minds in there thinking ahead for your mm-hmm. niece and nephew and mm-hmm. um, your own kids. And it's super inspiring. Thank you. What Thank has you. been one of the most surprising things for you and your journey so far? Because your journey is far from over. So mm-hmm. up to now, what was one thing like if you were going to sit down with Jesse, who was out you know, selling when you were 11 and 12 door to door, keeping your two bucks. What would you tell her now about her road ahead? You know, I, it's, I would tell her it's going to be rough and I would tell her to change it. (laughs) I would, I would most likely, and I don't know if this is, uh, you know, stellar advice, but I think it worked for me is I would tell her to skip the college. It's just, I, it didn't pan out for me. I got the exact same job I had. I had $60,000 of student loan debt and it literally got me nothing, like nothing at all. And I didn't get a hard degree. My degree is in communications, marketing, and business. So it's not a doctor or a lawyer, right? And I obviously school is still good for those. But if I would just have worked on that self-development, started, um, you know, doing insurance at night or something, finding a job where you have limitless earning capability, and the degree is for is for the corporate world is so you can get hired and and uh you know i as an entrepreneur you don't necessarily need college so that that's my advice very good 
Well, and that's good to know in hindsight, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there are some things and people can make you feel like, well, if you don't have a degree, how do we know you're valuable? It's like, because look at my work product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I speak for exactly. myself. Yeah. Um, but that is super good in, you know, things. Plus the cost of college is even more expensive now than when you put yourself through. Oh, it is. It's just, you know, crazy. And, and um, both of my children, you know, they're opting out of college as well. My daughter works with me. She has no desire to go to college. I've asked her to take a couple of courses to help run the family business. So she's going to take a marketing speech. I want her to learn to the art of speaking in front of people and um, accounting right? Three classes. I just wanted to take three classes to help with the family business. And then my son is joining the Air Force. It's something that he's always wanted to do. So. Ooh, boy, that's cool. I have a grandson who's got his set. He's set on the Marines. He may switch up. I don't know. But man, ever since he was like six, I'm doing this. And you're thinking, where did that come from? He hasn't (laughs) wavered. He just got back from national championships for ROTC. I'm thinking, there's a kid with his head in the game, yeah. right? Yeah, he knows what he wants. <laughs> I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. So, Jesse, um, as we end this, like we're ending, as we're recording this, we are now into the last quarter of 2022. What are you looking forward to in 2023? Uh, so... 2022, when I came into 2022, I had a seed of an idea of something that I wanted to, you know, bring to life, which was the bags and the perfume. And I had no clue what the brand was going to look like, how to do this. How, I, I didn't know anything. And I learned so much in 2022 about business development, marketing, um, production, manufacturing, everything. And so for 2023, I would love to see the fruits of my labor. And I just really want my bag and perfume business to just take off and just sustain itself, really, you know, sustain itself and and make a small profit, because then I know I'll have the validation that my late night working, my manic dreams in the middle of the night of a new pattern I should try out, you know, that all of that was worth it. And that my my creation that I created, like from my heart, from scratch, is worth something to other people. That's brilliant. You already are worth something to other people, Jesse, <laughs> by just showing up. Thank you. You are a light and um, an inspiration. Thank you. And now I'm looking forward to checking out that workbook. But more importantly, I've gone to your two websites of your upcoming things because I just love how you have this business and this creative yeah. thing and you've merged them together yeah. and you've included your family. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point of it. You know, what's the I don't know. Uh, I've always that's just always been my main priority is to make sure my kids were OK and they didn't have to struggle in the world like I did and, you know, work jobs they didn't want to work and and um you know, and my niece and nephew, hopefully the same thing. Well, you'd be an aunt that anybody would love to have. Aww. So, hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Jesse. You have just kicked off my day with a lot of light and love. And so with that, I want to just say thank you. And folks who are listening, if you like this episode, I've got three requests of you. As always, please share it with a friend. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be stingy. Share <laughs> Jesse with someone you know who either because they would love her products or her services or they need to hear her story so they can feel inspired themselves. 
The second thing is check out her books. Like she said, you can find them on Amazon, Sole Beneficiary, and also check out her new product line. Let's find out what it's all about and make 2023 good for Jesse. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.